Next on BYU Sports Nation, the real MVP of BYU basketball. I'll give you a hint. He's been injured at some point this season. Also, March Madness is just over a month away. What is the ideal seed for BYU in the NCAA tournament? Plus, Taysom Hill is one of the biggest stories in the NFL, but will New Orleans go all in on him as a QB, or will the Saint go marching elsewhere? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, February 12th. Happy birthday, Abe Lincoln. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Abe Lincoln top hat collector, Jason Shepard. When you say Abe Lincoln, are you talking about Abe Lincoln the president or Abe Lincoln the vampire hunter? I can't believe they made that movie. Seriously, what are we doing? What are we doing? What is the score of that on Rotten Tomatoes? The man cannot write the Gettysburg Address and then still go out and fight vampires at night. (laughs) It's impossible to do. Okay? I need a number from Rotten Tomatoes at some point during today's show. Okay? By the way, never saw that movie, by the way. Let's just make that perfectly clear. Happy birthday to the former president, Abraham Thank Lincoln. Thank you for clarifying. Not the fictional vampire slayer. Hey, listen to this. Our crack research team has just informed me that it is 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, the first thing it said, Mayor, was 84%. 85 is what I heard first. Like, yes. 84%. No, it's 34%. That, that seems makes like, much more sense. Yes, that seems yes. like something it should be. Uh, we've got a fantastic <laughs> Abraham Lincoln birthday show lineup, including BYU women's basketball assistant coach Melanie Day. If you don't know her story, she has overcome so much, has uh, been an incredible parent through cancer, and has now worked her way onto the staff with Jeff Judkins. She was an elite basketball player. We're going to talk to her about the current state of BYU basketball and the approaching pink game to uh, remember all of those that are fighting cancer, have fought cancer, and uh, just to support the cause. We'll have a wide receiver position review preview from BYU football and take a look at what's to come for the Cougars. We like Cody Epps. We like Miles Davis. Some of these young guys, is there somebody coming through the graduate transfer portal? And speaking of receivers, Jason, Colby Pearson caught a touchdown for the New York Guardians in his XFL debut. He's going to join us to talk about that catch and what he expects from the budding league. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football news. This year's BYU at Northern Illinois game on October 24th has been officially moved to Chicago. The Husky Chi-Town Showdown will take place at Seat Geek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois, about 12 miles southwest of downtown Chicago. It is also the home of former BYU soccer star Michelle Vasconcelos, who plays for the NWSL's Red Stars. Jason, I guess my visit to DeKalb, Illinois, and a taste of DeKalb will have to wait for now. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most excited, how excited are you to be going to Chicago versus DeKalb? I'm going to say a 9. I love Chicago. That's a great city. such a cool city. It's a great city. Yes. 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 Jake Toulson did not practice yesterday as he continues to rehab his ankle. Since his ankle injury and the win over St. Mary's, Toulson has scored 43 points and BYU is 3-0. Jake said he wants to be cautious and make sure he's good for the long haul. And my deal is I just want to be able to feel as good as possible come games on Thursday. Um, and we're just kind of taking it day by day. We're not 
we want to be really smart about this and not, you know, have it linger and be something that uh, takes forever to deal with. Um, the Cougars back in action on Thursday night. They will be playing in L.A. against LMU tomorrow, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific on BYU Radio. Beat the Lions. BYU women's soccer announced new additions to the spring roster. Defender Natalie Wells, a transfer from the University of Utah, and defender Grace Johnson, a transfer from Ole Miss, both now on the roster. They joined Savannah and Haven Empey. There's a BYU legacy yep. name, who were also announced on Monday. Women's golf takes down UC Irvine at the Lampkin Invitational. Naomi Soifua finished it off by making a birdie on 17 to close out the match. BYU finished in seventh place. The Cougars play next week at the Rebel Beach Intercollegiate in Las Vegas, February 17th and 18th. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The real BYU MVP, and it's hard to argue against Jake the Make Toolson for the Cougar Hoopsters right now, which brings us, Jason, to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is absolutely bonkers. Since sustaining his ankle injury against St. Mary's, Jake Toulson is shooting 59.3% from the field. That is more than 10% better than his season average when he had a good ankle at 48.7%. Jake Toulson is doing crazy things. He's carried the Cougs in a lot of games. That's an understatement. And was obviously critical when BYU did not feature Yoli Childs in the lineup. Jason, is Jake Toulson the real MVP of this BYU basketball team? So is this a situation where, you know, like sometimes, let's say something happens to your hearing a little bit. You you may lose a little bit of one of the senses, but everything else is heightened. With the ankle injury, did that somehow heighten the shooting sense? I don't know. Maybe it did. Look, to answer the question, yeah, I think he is. I think he is BYU's MVP. His shooting and then specifically the consistency which he's shooting the basketball, has given BYU weapon they have not had in a long time. Now, certainly, they have had guys that can make shots like that. I mean, they've got guys on the roster currently, TJ Haas being one of those guys that certainly ha- is, a, is a very good shooter. But in terms of that type of shooting at that consistent level is, is unbelievable. He is the second-best three-point shooter in college basketball. That's, I mean, you talk about legit he is the second, from a percentage standpoint, he is the second best three-point shooter in college basketball. There is a reason why several ACC teams wanted him to come play for them when he was transferring from UVU. When BYU absolutely needs a bucket, Toulson is there. So right now, I think he is. Let me pull a page out of my Jimmy Fallon book and write a thank you note to Jake Toulson for coming to BYU. Good grief. Jason, you've got a serious argument, and it's hard to argue against it. My real MVP of BYU basketball is not an individual player. It is more of a mindset, and that is team first. There are no hidden agendas on this team. We talked with former head coach Dave Rose about this in Studio B yesterday. There are no hidden agendas, no individual agendas. This team just wants to win. I love that about the big stars because you look at Jake – And if you need him to score eight points and dish out seven assists, if that's what it takes for BYU to win, he'll do it. 
If you need him to score 30, he'll do it. If you need TJ Haas to be the guy that goes for 25 or 30, fine. Or if TJ is 10 points and eight assists and four steals and becomes one of the background scorers, he's fine with that too, as is Yoli Childs who I watched go for 19 points and eight rebounds, and he was not the primary option a few games ago. It doesn't matter, Jason. The real MVP of this BYU basketball team is no hidden agendas. No one's jacking up shots to get noticed by NBA scouts. It's about team. It's about winning, and that's all that matters. That is my real MVP of BYU basketball. That said... Again, since the injury for Jake Toulson in 84 minutes, he's scoring about a half a point per minute, which is <laughs> nuts. That's crazy, given that his ankle's just not right. I mean, he's not feeling great. No, the ankle is not in good shape. <laughs> Look, here's the, here's the thing about it. If Yoli had played more, maybe there's more of a discussion because of what Yoli brings you in terms of the, the double-double. But in... in I don't think anybody can argue that the two biggest shots of the season have come off the hands of TJ Haas because you got the win at Houston and then you've got the win over St. Mary's, but from a consistent shooting level and scoring level, nobody has been at a higher level consistently throughout the year than Jake Toulson. I'll see your TJ Haas shots and bring up the fact that Jake Toulson was the guy that hit the big shot against Southern Utah. Yeah. Can you imagine if BYU had that home loss on their schedule? <laughs> Jake Toulson had a big Luckily, shot there. we don't there. have to think about that. And he did it against Oral Roberts as well, yeah. Jason. Two games that BYU had to have. Jake Toulson was the guy. Topic number two, as we continue to talk about the NCAA tournament upcoming, BYU continues to show up in just about every projection out there, and for good reason. But as we know, where you are seated can mean everything in terms of advancing. So for BYU, what is the ideal seed in the NCAA tournament? Anything but an 8 or a 9. Just give me any seed but an 8 or a 9 because I don't want BYU to be in that game. And yes, I am going off of what has happened in the recent past. The first time I went to the NCAA tournament in person and covered BYU was in 2007. And I watched the Cougars who had a 9-point lead late in the game against Xavier Watch it squander away in Lexington, Kentucky. And then BYU loses back-to-back games in the 8-9 matchup with Texas A&M. It's just not a good game for BYU. I don't like it. It's a toss-up. So give me anything, Jason, anything but an 8 or a 9. Now, if I could hand-pick a seed, it would probably be a 6 this year. I don't know if BYU has enough to get to the 6-seed line. If they beat Gonzaga, they certainly have a case. Will beating everybody but Gonzaga and having another matchup with St. Mary's in Vegas do it? Maybe. A six seed, for me, gives BYU the best chance to make a special run in the NCAA tournament. They would be matched up with an 11 seed in the round of 64. And then, assuming chalk prevails, it would be a three seed there in the second round. Or maybe a shocking upset happens and BYU's taken on a 14 seed. A 6 or an 11, because I think BYU's 11 seed is good enough to beat a 6 seed, and then we'll see what happens after that. But that's what I would handpick, just anything but an 8 or a 9. I'm going to follow suit with how you answered topic number 1. I'm going to go a little off the board with my answer for topic 2. As long as BYU gets into the NCAA tournament, that's all I care about. I, I, the, the seeding part of it does not bother me as much in ter- it, th- looking at it this way. 
in terms of an actual seed, I just want BYU to get the highest seed they can possibly get. Get the highest seed that you can earn. That's what I want. If that turns out to be a seven, then I want him to get a seven. If it turns out to be a 10, then, then I want him to get a 10. It's all about stacking the deck in your favor. And the way you do that is to get the highest seed you can possibly get. So whatever that is, and right now everything's averaging out to be eight or nine. I mean, it's in that, it's in that range is what if you take all of them and you average it out, that's kind of what most people are, are seeing them in is, is in that area. I just want BYU in a situation where they have an opportunity advance. Whatever that is, that's the ideal seed that I want for BYU. I just want them to get in and then have an opportunity to advance because this team is good enough to advance. And you agree with me. You don't want them in the 8-9 game, Jason. No, that's fine. You don't want them no. in the game. If you want them to advance and have an opportunity, it's the matchup that has the two teams yes. closestly I mean, matched up. It, it is about matchups yes. in the NCAA tournament. Okay, I'd take a 7-10 as BYU as a 10 seed. Great. Just just give me anything but that 8-9 game. And I know we've talked about this uh, a couple of times over the past week, but what you need to happen for me, if BYU is not to be in the 8-9 game, is for all of the one seeds to go where they are projected to right now, which is three of the one seeds playing on Friday, Sundays, and Gonzaga playing as the one seed in Spokane, which is probably going to happen. I think at that point, BYU's they avoid that <laughs> terrible scenario. By the way, you said if you could hand pick a seed, you're going six. If I could hand pick a seed, I'm going one, well, by the way. Talking realistically, come on now. Okay, if we're going to throw realism into any of these conversations, we're going to be out of a show, okay? <laughs> we have discussed vampire hunters, Abraham we Lincoln, have. for that matter. We have. On to football. Taysom Hill, clearly one of the biggest stories in the NFL right now in his free agency period. He was part of the Super Bowl build-up coverage. He's everybody's favorite non-quarterback quarterback. He's the Swiss Army Knife. Yes. He said the following recently, and I quote, I've loved every second of my time in New Orleans. So do I want to leave? No, I don't. I want to play quarterback in this league, and if New Orleans doesn't view me that way, well, then I have to leave. That's really where we're at. End quote. Jason, will Taysom Hill be a quarterback in New Orleans or somewhere else in the NFL field? This, unfortunately, is not up to Taysom or to New Orleans, quite frankly. It's up to Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the one that's going to drive this. And I think Drew Brees comes back. Was he 41, right? I think he's 41. The guy's still an elite quarterback. And I understand he didn't have the greatest performance in in the postseason this year. But... I think he's coming back. I think he has more football to play. Drew Brees, especially with the connection he has with New Orleans and, and everything after, after the hurricane and coming in and, and just being the guy that's really the face of not only that, that program and that organization, but that city, I, I don't see him going anywhere else. So because I think he's playing, I think he comes back. And if Taysom's going to be an NFL starting quarterback next season, I think he's going to have to go somewhere else because of that. So I will take the field in that. Does it have to be next season, though? Does it have to be well, next but season? Look, well, no, but I think that's where we're going with the question. If he's going to be a quarterback one next season, because he's a free agent, so, I mean, you're going to make that next, whatever decision, you're going to make that next 
decision based off of next year. So and he's probably thinking, I want to be a starting quarterback. This is my free agent year. I'm going to have to do that now. Look, Taysom has done a masterful job of taking advantage of the situation he's been given in and, and has put himself in this position. He's done the work, and the Saints have given him an opportunity to do that. And if it's in the cards for Taysom Hill to be a starter next year, as long as Breeze wants to play, I think Taysom is going to have to leave in order to do that. Taysom Hill's not going anywhere. Based on what Sean Payton has said publicly, multiple occasions that Taysom Hill is an NFL quarterback, the Saints aren't going to let him leave. They're going to pay him. The real weird part about this is what does Teddy Bridgewater do? He's going to get a con- – the dude was 5-0 and filling in for Breeze this year. Someone's going to pay him to be their quarterback. Hey, so I see Teddy Bridgewater playing elsewhere in the field as QB1 for sure. If Drew Breeze comes back, I'd – why not learn from the master for no, one look, more year and be the back, be like the designated backup quarterback? Taysom hasn't even been that. I answered that question based off of next season. Sure, sure. If we're if we're not putting next season in, then absolutely Taysom. They can they can still pay Taysom. He can still have the role he's had and then be there when Drew in a year or two or whatever it is decides to hang him up. If, if that's on the table, I was going based off of if he's going to be a starting quarterback next year, I think he's going to have to go somewhere else. If, if we're not talking about next year, we're just saying in general, then yeah, I think he stays and I think they want him to stay. He doesn't have to make a rash decision. And I don't think Taysom Hill is built that way. He's, he certainly doesn't seem wired that way. No, no, he doesn't. New Orleans is smart. They're going to bring Drew Brees back. He'll play. Teddy Bridgewater is going to go somewhere else. Taysom is going to be the designated backup, and then he will eventually be the starter in New Orleans. It just it, It's crazy if they don't put that in motion. They've invested a lot in Taysom, and it does seem odd that they would just let him go without some sort of a plan. You know what I mean? Like, that they've got an idea of how this will work to keep him, keep Drew, and make everybody happy. Taysom Hill is not the focus of our Twitter question today, but you're certainly welcome to sound off on that topic. Hashtag BYUSN. We would like you to answer our question of the day. So let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Who is the real MVP of this BYU basketball team? First response in from Glenn Hansen on Twitter. A combo of T.J. Haas and Jake Toulson. T.J. with at least two game winners a season and Toulson with his fantastic shooting percentage. It is T.J. Toulson. T.J.T. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, looking back and looking ahead at the BYU wide receivers. Plus, BYU women's basketball assistant coach Melanie Day is back in Studio B. She's ready to celebrate the pink game on Saturday. Her story's inspiring, and she's going to tell us why BYU is poised to beat St. Mary's. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch BYU Basketball with Mark Pope following BYU Sports Nation today. Greg Rubel joined by Coach Pope and Connor Harding, plus a behind-the-scenes deep blue into the weekend for the Haas family Around the St. Mary's game, I saw it. It's fantastic. Watch following BYU Sports Nation or on demand on the BYU TV app. Yes, the deep blue feature. It's fantastic. It's great. Emotional, to say the least. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Our first guest of the day is the always fabulous Melanie Pearson Day, BYU women's basketball assistant coach. Great to have you back in studio, coach. Thanks. You know, when I got married, I dropped the Pearson, but you could still call me that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So you you don't go with the 
the hyphen. The hyphen. Okay. It's all right though. It's on Facebook, you know. So I think people just assume that's uh-huh. what I go with. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well, it's good to know that that is now official. Okay. Yeah. So we, I won't make no, that you're... mistake again. <laughs> Holy cow. It's getting heated. Yeah. It's getting heated. Yes, Bringing the heat is. right yes, out of it. Yes, it is. It's getting awkward. <laughs> okay. On Saturday, uh, and I know this is going to carry obvious additional meaning for you, you're preparing for the cancer awareness game, the pink game, where you see so much pink from the fans, uh, from your players in the uniforms. What what does that mean to you, given your past and being a cancer survivor? Yeah, so um, just battling cancer over the past, gosh, almost seven years now. Um, you know, a few years ago when I was in the midst of my battle, the team did, did a little segment at halftime, um, which was really, you know, I was really honored to have them do that and, and just kind of showed some stuff that I've been through and through pictures and the video, um, you know, it's a, it's a time to, it's awareness, right? Like there's not one person that doesn't know someone with cancer that's close to them. I mean, more and more I hear it, you know, a bunch of my family members, friends, we all have someone that we know and love that has cancer and that is battling it. So it's, it's just a a way to, to create awareness for it. And, um, hopefully we can, someday find more cures for for these these cancers how has your battle overcoming cancer how has that shaped who you are as as a mom and you know a wife and a friend and even a coach how has that shaped you now yeah uh don't sweat the small stuff i feel like you know for me personally i feel like i i have a broader perspective now where before I was just so focused in on my little life and what my problems were and and now I'm more compassionate and more empathetic towards people because everyone is going through something and people say this all all the time to me when I was going through chemo and and I was pregnant also and I and then I had to do radiation and all these surgeries and they always tell me I don't know how you did it and I want to say to them you could do it too. Like, it's just that every day you're just, it's a day-to-day thing. Like you're just surviving, but it's not like I'm any different or any more special than anyone else. Like we're all given our own problems and they're, they're hard for us individually. And that's just what I was given at that time. But, um, it's definitely shaped me to be more compassionate towards people and, and what they're dealing with. It, It may not be cancer, but to them, as we see it, like we view cancer as this, like, um, huge, terrible thing, which it is, but other people have like silent, silent diseases like depression and, and these other things that we don't give as much awareness to. They're struggling. It's not any lower, you know, it's the same to them. So um, it, it's definitely made me more aware of that and, and sensitive towards others in that way. The fabulous Melanie Day with us on BYU Sports Nation. Um, it's incredible that you are in your current position. Yeah. And um, I mean, you're, you're a walking motivation for a lot of people. And uh, I just want to talk about kind of how you have enjoyed your current position. What's been the most enjoyable part about being on this staff with Jeff Judkins and company? I remember my first day in the office. I, I think I walked down the hall and just made sure everyone was looking. I just yelled out, I can't believe I'm a college basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> After all I've been through. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to 
to do this. I mean, I never imagined in a million years I'd, I'd be in this position because I, I just assume that, you know, I have this I was given a, a certain amount of time to live. And so my thought was I need to be focused on uh, my family and my husband, my kids. And, and this opportunity came. And to be honest, it was a very um, a, a spiritual experience for me to, to, to be here. Uh, felt like this was what I was supposed to do, like a, a calling for me. And um, so I'm trying to make the most of it. Um, it's definitely been a struggle. Uh, I, I remember my coaches growing up would always tell me that they never saw their family and they, they didn't have time for anything because they were so, it was a grind during the season. And I never, I never really gave it much thought and honestly didn't really believe them. But now I believe them. It's a grind. <laughs> it's a grind. Um, and I don't see my family much. Um, but when I am with my family, this is what's different is I try as best I can. I get home and I immediately just sit down and, and we do homework together. We, uh, last night we, there was a wrestling match. We had a wrestling match and, and we played games. I, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be focused on anything else. And, and it's given me that, that focus because of, because of my experience of what I've been through, um, knowing how important it is to develop relationships with my kids while they're young. How's the team handling the the two losses and now preparing for a really good team in St. Mary's coming yeah. into the Marriott Center? Yeah, St. Mary's right now sits, I mean, they sit kind of fourth place with all the ties in second and third, but kind of seventh place. But uh, they're a scary team. They, they just, they beat, just Gonzaga. beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, and when we played that, you know, watching them on film, they're a very different team. It's like playing against five guards. They play five out and... It's not playing a team with a, a big post presence. So it's a little tricky because we do have a post presence. And so figuring out how, how do we guard them um, is a little tricky. But then they have to guard us on our end. So it, it's a scary game. They're a good team. They're better than, than what shows with their record. Um, they'll be shooting a lot of threes. You'll see that tomorrow night. So we're going to guard that and, and hopefully come out with a win. St. Mary's Thursday night. Uh, they're going to give out pink socks, I yeah. think, uh, to, yeah. the, to the fans that are coming to that game in preparation for Saturday against Pacific. But when you look at the importance of this week and positioning for that second, probable second seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament, uh, how do you not get lost in the pressure of, of a week like this? Yeah, it's something that we've talked about just one day at a time, not even one game at a time. Like, today is Wednesday. We're going to focus on getting better today. Um, and something that we we uh, did on Monday with the with the team is we w- we showed them some clips um, from this uh, this guy who talks about the next play, and so what we've been trying to focus on is, you know, we're gonna make mistakes and we want them to know we don't have to be perfect. We're gonna make mistakes all game. We're gonna miss shots. We're gonna have turnovers. It's okay, but the difference is we got to be able to turn that around in one second and get back get back on defense, you know, dive on the ball. We showed them clips of, uh, of Michael Jordan doing this. Uh, he goes up for a shot, gets blocked, gets back on defense, gets a steal. Then he gets the ball stolen from him. And then he sprints down and blocks the shot for an easy layup. So, <laughs> so you know, it's going to happen all game, but being able to quickly adjust, get over it, forgive yourself, and move on. And so there was one play that happened with our team this year that was so incredible. I wish you guys had the clip. Kaylee Smiler, uh, we get the ball stolen from us. She dives on the floor trying to get it, doesn't get it. They get Gonzaga's going down the floor, driving it, and then they kick to a three, wide open three. She gets to shoot it, and Kaylee 
has by this time sprinted down the court and volleyball blocks her shot into the crowd. I'm recalling like, this play and it was fantastic. Yes. yes. So that was the moment where you forgot that, you know, we turned it over. Oh, well, we, she went on the floor. She didn't just stay there. She got up and sprinted back. And so we want um, them to really understand that. Coach, it's great to have you back in studio. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma yes, for St. Mary's and Pacific. <laughs> Take care of business at home. Let's go. Get to that double buy in Las Vegas. Yes, let's go. Thank so, you, guys. Tell Jenny we said hi. I will. We love Jenny. <laughs> He's so great. Coming up, former BYU wide receiver Colby Pearson joins us to discuss making things happen in the XFL. Uh, it's a wide receiver day because we're taking a look back at last season for the BYU receivers, what the Cougars lose, and what's to come in the very immediate future. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thursday night, BYU women's basketball looks to sweep the season series with St. Mary's for the first time in four years. Tune in Thursday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. He is Jason Shepard, Vampire Hunter. I am merely Spencer Linton. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. This year's BYU at NIU football game on October 24th has been moved to Chicago. The Husky Chi-Town Showdown will take place at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois. That's about 12 miles southwest of downtown Chicago. In case you're wondering, the home of Michelle Vasconcelos and the Chicago Red Stars, former Cougar. BC Lions and the CFL have signed former Coug lineman Riker Matthews. He's been successful there before, so he's back in the CFL on a two-year contract. In 2019, as a member of the CFL, Matthews helped the offensive line that led the league in net offense, point scores, passing yards, and first downs. Good to see Riker still playing ball. Men's basketball. Yeah, I think he was with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Tiger Cats. That's what right. a great mascot. I know. Serious. Jake Toulson did not practice yesterday. So he continues to rehab his ankle since the ankle injury. BYU is 3-0, and Toulson has scored 43 points. BYU back in action. They are on the road in L.A. tomorrow night, taking on LMU on BYU Radio, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific. Soccer has some new additions to the spring roster. The ladies and Coach Jen Rockwood add defender Natalie Wells, a transfer from the University of Utah, and defender Grace Johnson, a transfer from Ole Miss. They also welcome Savannah and Haven Empey, who were announced on Monday. Golf. Women's golf takes down UC Irvine at the Lampkin Invitational. BYU finishes seventh place overall. Cougars back in action on February 17th and 18th at the Rebel Beach Intercollegiate in Vegas. Hard to believe that spring football for BYU is just a few weeks away. It's wild. Also, you're wearing BYU baseball gear. You're on the road this week because BYU baseball opens the season. Yeah. yeah, Basketball still happening. But there are other things that are garnering attention on campus. And uh, with that in mind, we take a look back and a look forward at the BYU receivers as we get nearer to spring football. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Okay, Jason. Uh, we know what BYU lost in terms of production. Three outstanding seniors. Micah Simon, Aleva Hivo, and Talon Shumway. So a lot of that production goes away what did the Cougars bring back? Well, and here's the thing. Not just the fact that they were seniors. They were three of your top four receivers for last season. I mean, they represented nine of BYU's 20 TDs last season. Okay. And we're talking about Simon Shumway Hifo, as, as you mentioned. This, for me, this is the position I think has the most questions. Question marks simply because you're bringing in a lot of unproven guys, some of which 
you just signed. Some of, some of these guys you just signed that are going to be freshmen coming in looking to make a, a splash with this roster. Notably of, Cody Epps, yeah, right? Epps is the one that, uh, that stands out immediately. And this is a guy, obviously, that when, when he signed in the early signing period, the coaching staff was really excited about what he brings. But you've got a lot of young receivers that are going to be coming into this program and, and at this point, at least at this level, have not – have not had this type of competition yet. Cody Epps is going to join us on Friday, by the way, to talk about what he expects to do for BYU football. Miles Davis is another name that comes to mind. But in terms of returners, Jason, there is Gunnar Romney yeah. and Dax Milne, who have both proven themselves with some tough catches in critical points. I like Milne and Romney. I also wonder what Neil Pau is going to bring yeah. back to BYU. He was at one point becoming a more proven commodity, had to sit out last year because of some off-the-field issues. But Neil Pau is going to help bolster that depth. And then Jeremy, I talked about yesterday, potentially a playmaker somewhere out there in the grad transfer portal. Or is there a JC guy that's a late signing that can come in and immediately impact this BYU receivers room? Let's also not forget, now, he's a tight end, he's not a receiver, but your, your leading receiver last year, not in terms of catches, but in terms of yards was Matt Bushman. Okay, and, so, and he'll take, he'll take so, some of the so pressure what, off. What I'm saying is having, having Matt Bushman at tight end is going to help the receivers significantly. Look, I look at a guy like Gunnar Romney. I look at a guy like Gunnar Romney as I, I think he could be the guy of the receiving court. Why not? And, and Dax Milne, do, do you remember? Dax Milne had two of the Dax, best catches of the entire season. Look, both of those guys are unbelievable. And, and both of them, I, I think, not only will have more opportunities, but I think they both go into this and say, okay, we, we've lost. Look, the three seniors we've lost, that was a big part of our, of, of our production last year. This is an opportunity for us to really step forward and, and make a mark on this program. And I think both of those guys are more than capable of doing that. But the, the guys around them, the depth behind it, that's where you get in to it being very, very young and unproven. Yeah, Keanu Hill is another interesting name to keep an eye on. Uh, the coaches are really high on him. Didn't see a ton of field time, but what can Keanu Hill do as he steps in to join the likes of Pau and Milne and Romney? Um, it's going to be a fun group to watch, and it, you kind of feel like maybe Zach Wilson and company will throw the ball more to Matt Bushman early in the season just because it's going to take a little bit of time for some of these younger guys to work their way in. Well, let's and let's not overlook the fact that you do have Zach Wilson now in year three. Now, now maybe not in terms of the number of games because he's missed some with injury. Uh, but he's going to be healthy, but right? He, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, having a guy like that at quarterback will certainly help receivers that maybe need to get up to speed a little bit, maybe uh, advance a little bit further faster. Yeah. This to me is the story of the offseason for sure is the quarterback Zach Wilson what he can do not being injured in the offseason and the receivers that he's going to work with. I'm fascinated by all this spring football just a couple of weeks away. That's right. Coming up our rise and shoutouts plus XFL wide receiver Colby Pearson of the New York Guardians on what it felt like to score his first professional touchdown. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU basketball looking for a fifth straight win Thursday at LMU. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio pregame coverage starting at 10 Eastern time. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as part of our continuing BYU Sports Nation coverage is one of the newest XFL wide receiver stars of the New York Guardians, former BYU guy Colby Pearson. Colby, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the touchdown catch. Uh, we've seen multiple angles of it. Exciting to watch you score uh, on national television. Walk us through the play that got you into the books as uh, a professional player that scored his first touchdown. Yeah, so it was uh, just a double move, and I had single coverage out there with no help over the top, so I knew I had some time, and I knew I had some field to work with, so unfortunately, um, I was able to sell him on my inside move and get back out, and uh, Matt put a perfect ball over my shoulder, and I caught it, so it was awesome. What was opening weekend like in the XFL? This is obviously a, a new league, and there's a lot of, there was there's a lot put into this league to make this look really good, and opening weekend, by all accounts, was a pretty big success. What was that like to be a part of? Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was kind of one of those deals where, like, we didn't know, just like the fans, we didn't really know what to expect, you know, with the rule changes and stuff. We'd never seen them in a live game yet. And, um, I mean, there was no film to watch, brand new league, brand new team, so there wasn't a whole lot of study going on, you know, as far as our first opponent. So kind of a lot of unknowns, but I think it went, really really well and from what i've heard i think it was really successful opening weekend so let's talk about some of those rule changes and it's hard not to notice the kickoff rule first and foremost because that starts the game what else was kind of a shock to your system um yeah so that one's pretty pretty crazy um the one foot in bounds is cool i like it as a receiver and then there's some different things for like punt so like the gunners can't leave until the ball is actually kicked and then the punter can't use out of bounds or if the ball goes out of bounds, his ball comes to like the 35. And so like he has to, it's all about returns, right? So he has to try to put it in a place where the guy can catch it and uh, get a return. I think that's what the fans want to see. And I think that the new rule changes have worked so far to what they intended to do. You know, in terms of the kickoff, I've, I've talked with a lot of people. I think a lot of people like that version better than what we're seeing even in the NFL. And I remember even in the first uh, version of the XFL, you know, many, many years ago, there are still things that, that have been taken from that. I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the NFL down the line take something like, like the kickoff. I, I think it's fantastic. Why was the XFL the right path for you. How, how did that work out? Kind of take us through the timeline on, on how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, so I, I, in 2000, I believe it was 2018, the preseason, I was with Atlanta, and I in a preseason game, I actually tore my shoulder up a little bit, so had another injury, ended up getting a, an injury settlement from them, so I went home, and that's where kind of I, I took a step back and had to evaluate, you know, what I was going to do and what path I wanted to take. Well, anyways, my agent hit me up with an opportunity. I was invited to a showcase, XFL showcase for the new league starting the next spring. And so um, I said, you know what, let's give it a try. And I went to Seattle, did a showcase for him, and got drafted by the New York team. And I'm here now. So um, it's just one of those deals where the opportunity came up. I was kind of in, in a point in my life where I was I – was, debating if I wanted to keep trying to play ball. I knew I wanted to play again. I just didn't know if it was, you know, in the cards for me. And um, I decided kind of with my wife and, and, and my family to, to give it one more go. And, and so here I am. 
Wide receiver Colby Pearson of the XFL's New York Guardians with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU standout. Because of what happened with the AAF, how did that affect your attitude going into this XFL Part 2? Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, just seeing that last year, you're a little bit skeptical and stuff, but ever since we've gotten here, it's been pretty professional and um, it's all been pretty positive. And so I think we've all been optimistic and we're not too worried about that aspect of it. Uh, you know, but in the bottom line, I, I'm I'm just here to, uh, you know, stay healthy, get some film out, and, and I'm getting paid and I'm providing for my family by playing football, man. So it doesn't get much better than that, you know. Well, and you're not the only former BYU Cougar that is in the XFL. In fact, you had a, a former Cougar on the other side of the field. In yep. fact, one tackling you, Micah Hanneman, uh, was, yep. uh, was with the Vipers in that game. What was that like to experience that with, with another BYU Cougar and, and just to have, you know, more BYU players playing pro football? No, it's awesome. Um, so the weeks kind of leading up to this first game, we actually did a joint practice against Tampa and like a preseason game against them as well. So I got to see a lot of Micah, and it's really cool. Um, I'm really good friends with Micah, and in between plays, if we were by each other, we'd be kind of talking, um, and it was, it was fun. And then we also did a joint practice with the D.C. team who we play this coming week, so I got to see DeAndre Wesley. Um, and it's cool just to see those guys out there still chasing the dream and still working, and um, I wish them all the best. And I'm excited to see, you know, Tomasi and, and the rest of the dudes later on in the season, so. How's the reception of the New York fans been to XFL football thus far? Man, it was it was a, a surprising turnout. Um, I think we had the second highest attendance in, in the league for for week one, and so I mean they, they were loud and rowdy. And I think if, if as long as we can keep playing well, we should get more and more. And so it was a it was a pleasant surprise. And I think people out here, you know, they love football, and if we can get give them a quality football out there on the weekends, I think they'll come out and support. Colby, what's the goal for you in the XFL? What, what do you want? What do you want this to be for you? Like, you want to use it as a springboard? I mean, how, how are you looking at this opportunity? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think um, first and foremost, uh, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I just need to get get some film out there and show that I can stay healthy. Um, I definitely think that it's a it's a perfect opportunity for a guy like me who's had to deal with injuries in the NFL to get a chance to get back there. Um, and so, and so that's what I'm hoping happens. I'm hoping I have a good, successful season. I'll get a chance, you know, in May or whatever, to to sign somewhere. And if not, I'll just keep working and, and keep doing my thing. I've had to do that from day one, and so um, I'm comfortable in being the underdog position and having to work to get all my stuff, you know. So that's 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 kind of my plan moving forward. Colby Pearson on BYU Sports Nation. What's your coaching staff like? Because uh, to be quite honest with you, we've got so many things going on here, it's hard to dive into the details other than the BYU guys. So walk us through your staff and the relationship you have with them. Yeah, well, Coach uh, Kevin Gilbride, our head coach, I mean, he, he's super experienced, great offensive mind, has a couple Super Bowl rings, um, really experienced staff, a couple of the guys have Super Bowl rings. Um, I think somewhere on staff with him with the Giants. Um Loving my receivers coach, Mike Miller. He's been all around. He was an offensive coordinator for the Cardinals for a little bit. Um, and, and so far, it's been really, really good. I have a really good relationship with them. And um, I love the offense that we run. They got some, got some cool things that I haven't actually done yet. But a lot, you know, kind of what I really like about it is there's a lot more option style stuff for like this lot guy. So he can kind of pick his route according to what he sees coverage wise. You know, he's not locked into a 10 yard in or whatever, you know. So things like that, that, I feel like I can. I is a strength in my game. How much do you get to keep up on uh, on BYU football? How how uh, how closely do you follow it? And and just your overall thoughts on how things have gone this past season. 
Yeah, I went to a couple games this past year. I, went, I was actually at the USC game, so that was awesome. Um, and then this was kind of, I want to say, yeah, because Aleva, this was kind of the last year of the dudes that were freshmen when I was there, I believe. So still knew quite a few of the guys, and um, it's always fun to go back and watch them. When I can, I love to always come in and check them out. And, um, you know, I think we have a really bright future there, and I think we have a lot of young talent. Well, we're pretty young this year, and I'm excited to see what those guys can do this year. Their schedules they're making are awesome, so, I mean, we just got to step up to the plate now. Colby, it's great to catch up with you, man. We're thrilled for you, and uh, we wish the best to you and uh, your wife and your two kids and and uh, are excited to watch uh, what uh, lies in store for you through the rest of the XFL season. Thanks, man. You got it. Colby Pearson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Coming up, BYU football will face a handful of new coaches at Premier Programs. What does it mean for the Cougars' chances? And a rise and shout-out to BYU fans for currently jimmering another poll. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard in Studio B. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Cougar fans, it's time. Let's play Something or Nothing. Ah, yes. And with that, we welcome in Benjamin Bagley. What does this all mean, Ben? Something or nothing? Well, that's 0 for 2 for you today. Spencer on names. It's just Ben. Okay. okay. So, all right. Me and Melanie Day both correcting you there. <laughs> hey, uh, qu- <laughs> number one, BYU football to face three teams this season with new head coaches. Is it something or nothing? I will say it's something. Look, I mean, when you go through, and, and we've seen this with BYU in recent years, when you go through a, a new coach, you've, you've got new coaches coming in and new schemes and new situations, and it takes it takes a team time to learn that. So if you can catch some of these teams as they're going through that transition process, that could, that could work out really good for BYU. So I think it is something. I think it matters more in the early part of the season. And I got on my soapbox when Mike Riley went from Oregon State to Nebraska. BYU won that game. I got on my soapbox when Kevin Sumlin went to Arizona yep. in 2018. BYU won that game. And I think BYU is going to beat Michigan State with their new head coach. Hashtag the buffs are angry. Yes, they are very Good upset. Grief. Uh, Mizzou and San Diego State, I, I like that all three of these games are in Provo, too. Yes, that helps. Advantage BYU. So, yeah, there's definitely something there for me. Number two. BYU hoops sitting four out of the top 25. We're 29th, something or nothing. There is something there. When was the last time BYU was receiving votes? I, I can't even remember. And the last time BYU was ranked or relevant for that matter, was Jimmer's senior year. This is the best BYU basketball team that has graced the campus together collectively since Jimmer Fredette played here. There is something there. BYU's four spots out of the top 25, Jason, and where it matters most, they're in the top 25, the net rankings and the Ken Palm ratings. Yeah, this this is something. BYU's getting the attention, and they're getting the attention because they've got big wins on the road, at home, against good programs. So the fact that they are getting that recognition and that close to the top 25, and who knows what could happen with with a couple more games left in the regular season to maybe get in the top 25, that absolutely is something. Number three. Former Saints special teams coach Mike Westhoff telling CBS Sports Radio, Taysom Hill throws a better ball than league MVP Lamar 
Jackson. Okay. Something or nothing. I love this as much as the next BYU fan. But yeah. Jason, there's nothing there for yeah. me. One, it's a Saints coach yep. who loves Taysom Hill, and it's a special teams coach. So Taysom Hill's his guy. Why do you and, hate special teams coaches? And Lamar Jackson just won the league MVP, apparently not having yeah. the ability to throw <laughs> yeah. a great ball. Yeah. There's nothing there well, for me. Well, look, you and I are on the exact same page. This would hold more weight if it were an opposing coach saying this about Taysom. Yes. But the fact, like, you could just brush it away because it's it's a homer, because it would be a guy from the Saints saying it. I I, I love Taysom, but let's let's – slow things down a little bit on that. And look, I agree with you. We're talking about the league MVP. Lamar Jackson is, is not known for throwing the football, but he threw for over 3,100 yards, uh, whoa. 66% completion, 36 TDs, and only six INTs. That's just, impressive. Just come on. He's the league MVP. Yeah, it's... What, what, what defines a better ball? Like, well, the spiral's a little tighter. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all about the uh, spiral. All right. Our question of the day, who's the MVP of this BYU basketball team? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Troy Sylvester answers on Facebook. Mark Pope, he has created a team-first culture. That's what I talked about. This is the group of stars who played for each other. They work together to win in whatever way is required. No hidden Agendas, Jason, the real MVP. Today's rise and shoutouts. All right, Vampire Hunter, you're up first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, with LeBron James. The guy certainly, obviously, has a lot of money, uh, and he has his own school. And there, are, I think, like 193 kids that are that go to this school that he is a, a part of. He has given them all free college tuition for four years. Incredible. As soon as they are ready for college. All 193 of these students are getting full scholarships paid for. It's awesome. That's it's, fantastic. It's hard to be a megastar and not receive criticism because you're always doing something wrong. LeBron's doing a lot of things right. Yes, he's absolutely. Doing, he's yep. doing a lot of things right. Except uh, going to the Lakers. My rise and shout-out goes to BYU fans for jimmering the Yoli Childs senior class voting poll. Took him from essentially last place to... Infirm control of first place. Keep voting. It goes through mid-March. Our thanks to today's guest, Melanie Day, and XFL receiver Colby Pearson of the New York Guardians. Yeah, conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Kirk Pendleton, BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. On after the break, go Cougs.